Mexico. Isaiah 53, verse 1. Okay, so we're going to read this together, Isaiah 53, the word of God. Uh, Lord, we just ask that you speak to us through your word into our spirit man as we read this supernatural word that was given for us to receive the truth from the Lord. And we're going to read this together to look for the truth of his message of healing for us this morning. So uh, we're going to read to, well, we'll read and then I'll just stop when we're done. Okay. Who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. Who are we talking about? Surely, oh, back a screen, Joe, or is that it? I go back of the screen. Surely he took up our infirmities. That's our sicknesses. That's our pain. That's our struggle. How many times do we try to take it back? When he said he took up our infirmities. And let's continue. And carried, go back, Joe. Let's start again. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But, wait, but, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. Wait a minute. Is this God's word? Is this God's word? Is this the holy word of God? By his wounds, we are healed. Don't accept sickness. Don't accept it. Don't say, oh, I have a cold or I have an ache and pain. And trust me, I'm preaching to the choir. But this is why we come together to remind each other what the word says. To remind each other what it says. To say to each other, we got to stop confessing what the, Satan wants us to confess, right? Amen. He wants us to say there's no hope. He wants us to say we're sick. He wants us to say that, you know, oh, well, we're, our iniquities, our sin, we're in sin. He wants us to say, he wants us to feel guilty. He wants to take away our peace. That's his job. That's how he wants to hurt God. He wants to hurt and get revenge on God and his son Jesus and the Holy Spirit by hurting God's creation. He knows he can't hurt Jesus. He knows he can't touch the Holy Spirit or God. But he can touch God's creation. So God in his mercy, gave us this word to know. Uh-uh. But 
right? But by his wounds, we are healed. Go ahead, Joe. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. So let's remember that. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Okay? How many times do we point the finger? Oh, what about that person? Oh, what about that person? Oh, you know, it's like that's how we relieve our conviction to God. We point to others. But he said this is the freedom. This is a freedom statement. This is where you can rejoice and jump around and dance and be glad. We all have gone astray. We don't have to protect our reputation. We've all gone astray. Each of us in our own way. But God has come, the Lord God, and he laid on Jesus at the cross the iniquity of all of us. We don't believe it. Sometimes we don't believe it. We say we believe it, but we don't walk in it. We don't talk in it. We don't rejoice in it. We don't have joy in it. So that's why we're looking at it this morning, and we're going we're gonna to seal this word in our heart through holy communion together, what the Lord gave us. Next page, Joe. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Wow. Remember what we heard this morning? We heard, we heard a little message this morning that when Jesus didn't open his mouth, he kept the authority that he was going to have in the resurrection power. Because if he had opened his mouth at that point, he would have given his authority to the enemy. But that's why he kept silent. It's interesting, wasn't it, honey? We'll have to preach on that sometime. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as sheep before her shears is silent. So he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And who can speak of his descendants? For he was cut off from the land of the living, for the transgression of my people was stricken. He was stricken. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life a guilt offering, he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After the suffering of his soul, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Is that it? Uh-oh. <laughs> Wait a minute. 
Well, that was a great scripture, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, but the scripture I'm looking for is, is it in 54? Do you know where it is? Uh, where it says, by his stripes we are healed. I just, I was just reading it. I did? He was, by his wounds we are healed. Ah, it's this translation. Okay, so let's go back to verse, um, it is verse 6, Joe. Ah, I got caught up on we all the sheep. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Oh, nope, verse 5, Joe, sorry. <laughs> Let's go to verse 5. And then, Chris, can you pass out the communion? Verse 5. Okay, so let's read this one more time because as we take the bread today, I want us to uh, I want us to pray for healing for ourselves, anyone who needs healing. And also I want you to say think of someone you know who needs healing and say their name, okay? Because this is what the Lord, one of the things that he gave us to seal himself into our hearts is communion. Because we're partaking of his body and his blood. And by his wounds, by his stripes, we were healed. He went to the cross for our healing and we can seal it this morning with communion as we partake of the body of Jesus. Supernaturally, his DNA, his blood, his life. The, li as the Bible says the life is in the blood. So as we partake of the body and the blood of Jesus this morning, we are going to proclaim healing for every sickness, every disease, Every iniquity. This is where we come to the Lord and we come in surrender and obedience. Because what are we doing? We are remembering, right? That's what Jesus told us. Remember these things. Remember these things. Remember that by his wounds we are healed Remember that he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And so we partake this morning of the body and the blood of Jesus. Jesus, you are here with us this morning. You are here with us. God, let us sense your presence. Let us sense your word in us. Let us sense your touch on our lives, physically, mentally, spiritually, on our family. Let's hold the bread up. And we're just going to pray for our families right now. Lord, we hold up the body of Jesus. You said to your disciples, this is my body. Lord, we hold it up on behalf of our families. We hold it up on behalf of our children and grandchildren and parents and generations. We hold it up over them 
and we proclaim your healing in the name of Jesus. Your healing as we partake supernaturally this morning to those who need a touch from you. We pray for this, Jesus. Heal hearts. We pray that you would heal hearts physically, spiritually, brokenness, healed in the name of Jesus. Let's say that together. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's partake. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the miracle of Holy Communion. Thank you, Jesus, that you gave this to us as an evidence of our faith, something that we hold in our hands, something that we put in our mouth, and, and we partake of the body and the blood of Jesus. And as we take the blood this morning, I just want you to take a minute, and I want you to pray the names of those who you know or you're thinking of this morning need a touch, need forgiveness, need the love of God poured out upon them. Father, we just take this blood. Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your sacrifice. Help us never, never to take advantage of the blood of Jesus, but to honor you, to remember you, to remember. Father, fill our minds, fill our memories with you, Jesus. With you, fill us, O oh Lord to the point where we can be there, Lord, at the cross when you were crucified. We can see you, Jesus, hanging there for us, shedding your blood, taking your last breath. And then we can be there by supernatural power of the word of God as we read and as we know the stories of the resurrection and, the, and how you raised from the tomb, you raised and we raise our glass, Lord, this morning. <coughs> we raise it to you, Jesus. We pray that as we partake of your blood, that you would fill each person and each person that we're praying for, each person that we're covering this morning by the name of Jesus. We pray, O oh God, that you would just fill them with resurrection power. Cleanse them, forgive them, draw them in, Lord Jesus, to your presence, to your holiness. As we, your people, remember you and partake together. Let's partake. Thank you, Lord. And Father, we just seal this, Lord. We seal this to our hearts because you tell us, Lord, that's what you want. You want our heart. You want our heart. You want our passion. You want our love. And God, it's by your presence. It's by who you are. It's by the glory of God, the breath of God upon us that we can even love you and worship you as we should, Lord. So we pray this morning a holy anointing, a holy anointing, a holy anointing on those who need your touch that we're praying for this morning and even those we're not praying for. God, we pray for our community. We pray for Owego. We pray for Tioga County. We pray for New York State. We pray for the United States. And we pray for the nations. 
this body of believers where you are present carries the power of God. And we praise you and we thank you. And let's lay our hands on our ears this morning. Just put your hands on your ears. Put your hand right on your ear. Put your hands on your ears. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Anoint our ears to hear in the name of Jesus. To hear your word. To hear your voice. And bring healing this morning in Jesus' name to those who need hearing, God. We pray for mom. Restore her hearing, Lord. And most of all, God, restore our hearing to hear what you're saying to us, to our hearts and to our spirits this morning through the word of God. We just pray that you would bless Chris. Lord, bless him and anoint him to bring your word to the table. And we just praise you and give you glory this morning. And everybody said, Amen. I've got an Ephraimite that can help me. So, Father, we just thank you and we praise you for this tithes and offerings that you have bringing in this house. We pray that you would bless it, that you would bless the work of our hands, that you would prosper this place, that you would prosper our spirits, that you would prosper our lives, prosper our family, prosper our church family. And for those listening, you can give online on the church app. In Jesus' name, we bless you and we thank you. Amen. Amen. Go ahead. Thank you, Ephraim. All right, the title of my service, my service, my sermon, God's service, amen, is who are you? Who are you? Who are you? I've got a lot of scripture today, so be ready. I don't know how long the Lord's going to keep me going on this, but whatever. We're going to follow his lead. Amen. So, Lord, I agree with Julie's prayer this morning that you would heal our ears, that you would open our ears, you would open our hearts to receive all that you have for us and open our minds and our eyes, Lord God, for you, Lord Jesus, to you. And to your Holy Spirit, and to your Son, Jesus, who made a way for us where there was no way. And we give him all the praise and honor and glory in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said amen. 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 We must stir up our spirits in this day and age that we live in. Because we are living in some dark times. Amen. And sometimes you got to stir yourself up, right? So Julie and I, every morning this last week, we've been listening to this gentleman, Joshua Salaman, a preacher in Nigeria. Anointed, he does these little things, you can listen to him online, called soaring. And I would encourage you to do that because it's just anointed preaching. But we do that to help stir ourselves up. We have to stir ourselves up. Amen? Because the devil is out there prowling around like a lion. 
He's prowling around in the dark, in the shadows, and he is waiting and looking and attacking on all sides. You know, look at our families. He's attacking our families. He's trying to kill us, trying to destroy us. And he's looking, what he's doing, he's looking for your weaknesses. See, he's going around, prowling around and attacking here, attacking there. He's trying to find a weak spot in your armor. He's looking for an area that he can wiggle his way in. He's trying to get you sleeping on, on guard duty. Because he wants you to be tired and he wants you to be weak. And he's looking for those areas in your life where you are tired and you are weak. He's looking where he can attack you and your family. And he wants to kill you and destroy you. That's his plan. He wants to deceive you because he's a deceiver. And he's a liar. And he also disguises himself as an angel of light. And he's been... Doing it for a long time. All the way back even before the creation of the world. He's been lying. He lied to a third of the angels in heaven. To the heavenly host. Before creation was even formed. And he deceived them. And they fell. A third of heaven. Fell with him. He's been doing such a, he did such a good job in heaven. I believe he's been doing it lately in the church. Because <laughs> it seems like a third of the church is gone. I wonder how statistically those numbers really correlate with one another. But he's been deceiving ever since. He's telling the church right now that they don't have to go to church anymore. And he used one of his tools as COVID to accomplish this. And it was very effective. This morning when I was sitting down preparing for this message... I was going over some notes that I had all the way back from 2021. From when we went to the uh, Morningstar meeting, uh, the harvest meeting at Morningstar. <coughs> and these notes that I was looking at this morning as I was praying about what to share in and read. Were from actually a general, Lieutenant General. Lieutenant General Boykin. Now, I don't know if you know who Lieutenant General Boykin is, but <clears throat> Lieutenant General Boykin was the United States Deputy Under Secretary of Defense for Intelligence under President George W. Bush from 2002 to 2007. He also spent 13 years in the Delta Force as its commander. And I don't know if you know who Delta Force is in the Army, but Delta Force is the elite of the elite of the, of the armed forces of the, of the Army. They're like the Navy SEALs, Delta Forces. You don't even know who the Delta Force are because they look like civilians. They're, they can dress and look like civilians. They can grow beards. <laughs> and I don't know, they can have long hair. But I don't know if you know, if you served in the military, but when you were a soldier, you could not have long hair and you could not grow beard. You had to be clean shaven and you had to have short hair. <clears throat> it was not acceptable. But because Delta Force is such an elite force, they try to go into situations and blend in. They're like undercover. Highly trained military personnel. Highly trained. So General Boykin was the commander of Delta Force for 13 years 
and he was involved in a numerous high-profile missions, including the 1980 Iranian hostages. Remember that? Back in Carter's days. A lot of you don't remember that. But he was involved in that Iranian hostage <coughs> rescue. And in 1992, he was involved in that Pablo Escobar, that Colombian uh, drug lord, that they was killing so many people. And the one that you probably all would know more of, and they made a movie of it, but he was also involved in that Black Hawk Down in Mogadish, Somalia. And there were many other missions that he was involved in at the time. But he was also, which I thought was interesting, he was the commanding general of the U.S. Army Special Forces Command at Fort Bragg, because that's where the Special Forces Command is held at Fort Bragg. And at Fort Bragg, they brag, <laughs> they brag about can they can be deployed anywhere within the world within 24 hours. The U.S. military can be anywhere in the world in 24 hours. I served at Fort Bragg. Pope Air Force Base is right next to it. And the last time I was speaking to a, another person not too long ago, that they were going to change all these names because they were offensive, all these military named bases, which I think is a shame because they're named after generals. But anyways... The woke community. So in two th he retired, so General Boykin retired in 2007. But in 2012, he was the vice president at the Family Research Council. And the reason why he was elected as vice president, because he wanted to restore the values that made America great that made him great as a nation, and he wanted to preserve the future for his grandchildren. That's pretty amazing. Pretty amazing uh, life that man has led, and pretty amazing work that he's doing even to this day. So now that we know who he is, I'll share with you what he shared with us. And this was back in September 23rd, 2021. And these are my notes that I took from his meeting. He said the enemy has been using like PSYOP or propaganda, which is interesting because we sang about that this morning, propaganda, in one of our songs. And I pointed it out to my wife. But what the enemy does, and he puts it in military terms, to what I, how I understood it, is that the enemy, and this is how actually we were taught as Cav Scouts, you have to identify your enemy. So identity. So when you look for, when you identify the enemy, you look for the enemy's strength, the enemy's weaknesses, their support system, their command. Then it was segregate. Now, the meaning of segregation is the action or state of setting someone or something apart from others. People or things are being set apart. So when you segregate things, you want to separate people from other people. You want to set them apart. That's exactly the same tool and tactic that the enemy has done. The enemy has identified its weaknesses, has identified its opponents, and the enemy has successfully segregated or set apart or separated people from others. And that's what he's been doing in the church. That's what he's been doing in this body. And then there's isolate. To cause a person or place to be or remain alone. 
I don't know about you, but some of the worst things that you can do is be isolated. When you are separated and then isolated, it can be, your mind can run rapid. Let's put it that way. Your mind, if we do not take control and have the mind of Christ over us, if we don't pray and have control of our minds, if we let it go, that separation, that segregation, and that isolation can be devastating to people. Devastating. When we are isolated and separated away from the Word of God, from the body of Christ, we know that the outcome is not good. We can see it happening. People think that it's okay and great to be separated and stay at home from church. But it's really not. It's just a tool of the enemy to keep them away. Because the next thing that he spoke of was the word annihilation, which means to destroy, utterly obliterate. And that's exactly what happens. That's exactly how the enemy works today. His tactics are no different. This is not only the tactic that is used by our military, but it is used by our adversary. The devil. And it is being used right now upon our nation. You think about it, where we are in our nation. We, have been, we are being segregated right now. Our nation is being torn apart, being separated. And not only that, but they're trying to isolate us, especially Christians. They're not only attacking a certain party, but they're attacking Christians right now in our nation to isolate them, to annihilate them, because they view us as a threat. The enemy would not even attack you if he doesn't view you as a threat. Because you have a calling on your life that's from God, that the enemy does not want you to know who you are. If we only know who we are, then we would do the greater works. But the enemy's got us duped in believing a lie. Amen? And he uses these because he wants you to be trapped. And he wants you to have fear and have guilt. And not only that, it's being used on our nation right now on political parties and their opponents and on Christian views. It's really an attack on Christian views, on the Bible. It's really an attack on Jesus and on God, what's going on right now. <clears throat> Some of the key players that he's using right now that are pushing this is he's using Germany. He's using the World Economic Forum. He's using the World Bank, the International Fund, and it's all about control. See, the devil, when he got kicked out of heaven, what did he want? He wanted control. He's the one who wanted to be worshipped. He wanted to have control over all the heavens. He wanted God. He even tried to tempt Jesus and told him, if you would just bow down and worship me, I'll give you all of this. He wanted the control. And he still wants the control. And he's using all of these things to try to push his agenda and to get his control over us. He wants to control you. He wants you to live in fear. And fear is not of God. Fear is of the devil. When you live in fear... You know, when you live in fear and you're fearful, you don't make good choices, do you? You make panic choices. You like hit the panic button. 
You don't have time. Sometimes we don't feel like we don't have time to make good choices. We've got to make quick, quick choices and decisions. Fearful decisions. I don't know, but I'm fearful and wonderfully made. I'm fearful and wonderfully made. You know what that means to me? That means instead of the me fearing the enemy, the enemy needs to fear me. Because I am fearful. That means I am, I am ferocious. That means I am mighty. Because of, not because of me, but because of who's inside of me is fearful and ferocious. He is the Lion of Judah. Amen? He is our mighty warrior. I am fearful and wonderfully made. Perfect. In Psalms 46, verses 1 through 3. God is our refuge and our strength and our ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging selah, <laughs> we won't fear. Psalms 91, 4 through 5. Well, I thought that I would get this thing to work for me, but it's not working <laughs> like I want it to. I can't get it to go upright. There we go. So I'll refer to my media man back there, Joe. <laughs> media man. Psalms 91.4. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day. Amen? We do not have to be afraid. Isaiah 41, 13 says, For I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand. Praise God that God holds us, and he takes hold of our right hand. And says to you, do not fear, for I will help you. Praise God. We don't have to be afraid. You just reach out your right hand. When Peter was walking on the water, Jesus reached down and grabbed him by his hand. And pulled him up when he got fearful. Uh, Genesis 50, chapter Chapter 50, verse 21. So then, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. We don't have to be afraid. All we have to do is follow God. All we have to do is follow God. We don't have to be afraid. We have to follow God. Amen? We don't have to be afraid. We have to follow Jesus. We don't have to be afraid. God will reach out and grab you by his right hand. We don't have to be afraid of the terror that flies by night or the arrow that flies by day. God will be there. We don't have to be afraid of our children or our grandchildren or our great-grandchildren or our great-great-grandchildren because God will provide for them and protect them. All we got to do is be faithful to God and follow Him. What does it say? Seek the Lord with all your heart. Seek the Lord with all your heart. He'll and follow Him. He'll make straight your paths. He'll provide a way where there is no way. John 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. We don't have to worry about anything. We can take peace. We can rest in the Lord. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. 
I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. Deuteronomy chapter 3 verse 22. said, do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God himself will fight for you. Hallelujah. Praise God. We got an all-powerful king. Amen. Who's coming back. His kingdom come. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God will give us our daily bread. God will forgive us our trespasses. As we forgive those who trespass against us. God will not lead us into temptation, but he will deliver us from evil. Amen? Amen. Do not be afraid. We have nothing to fear. What we need to do is that we need to use the enemy's tactics on him. We need to identify him when he's attacking and how he's attacking. Then we need to segregate him and isolate him and then annihilate him. And you annihilate him by the word of God. Amen? By putting on the full armor of God. So when the enemy comes attacking and starts speaking to your mind, you need to first know how to identify it. That is, is that of God? That is not of God. Do I feel afraid? That's not of God. We are a people. We are a nation. Not only that, but we are a holy nation, a people set apart by God to do good works. Amen? Amen. It says in Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. <clears throat> That's right. That's right, Mom. Preach it. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Amen. Amen. Preach it. Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 15. Where is it up there hiding on me? I got the thing working now, Joe. It says this, you are the salt of the earth. Who are you? You are the salt of the earth. Who are you? Come on, who are you? You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer any good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the salt of the earth. Do you know what the salt does to a wound? It brings healing to a wound. Doesn't it? They used to put salt on a wound to destroy bacteria or infection. You know what the devil is? The devil is an infection. He is nothing but a bacteria. And you are the salt that will bring healing and that will drive him out. Amen? You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Wow. You are the light of the world. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? That's who you are. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill that cannot be hidden. So think about that wherever you run and go and try to hide. You can't hide because you are the light of the world. There's a light in you that shines brighter than the sun. And it's from the throne of God. Jesus, who is in you, is the light. He is the way and the truth and the life. Remember that. And you can't hide. Where there is light, the darkness has to flee. Think about that. Who are you? You're the light of the world. Who is the devil? He is darkness. When you turn on the light, what does it do? The darkness runs. 
has to go. You are the light of the world. You are the hope for the world. Amen? Amen. There we go. Praise God. You guys are finally waking up. Hallelujah. Who are you? The salt of the earth. Who are you? The light of the world. Let's try it again. Who are you? Who are you? Amen. Praise God. Don't forget it. Because the enemy wants you not to believe that. Your enemy, the lion, wants to give you doubt. He wants to put doubt in your mind of who you are. You are a king's kid. You are of royal blood. You are of a holy nation. A people set apart from God to do good. Amen? Amen. That's who you are. You are like one of David's mighty men. You are like Benaniah, the lion chaser, who chased a lion into a pit just to get its mane. Amen? Amen? Think about that. You are like Shammah, one of David's mighty men, which means the Lord is with you, who stood in the middle of his field of lentils when the Philistines came to steal it and take it. And everybody else ran from him, but Shammah didn't run. He stood his ground, and he wrought a great victory for Israel that day. Hundreds of the Philistine army fell by Shammah's sword. That's who you are. We do not need to be afraid. We need to stand our grounds and hold on to God, because greater is he who is in you than any force this world has ever seen. Amen? Amen. You are the salt of the earth that brings healing. You are the light of the world that brings light. And light brings truth. And the truth is the word of God. Amen? Amen? Amen. So, Father, I just praise you and I thank you for this day. Lord, I pray that we would remember who we are in Christ Jesus, that we would never forget. I pray, that, Lord God, that you would stir up our spirits, Lord. We need our, steer, our spirits stirred, our spirits spurred. <laughs> yeah, we need our spirits spurred, all right, Lord Jesus. If you're a cowboy, you know what I mean by spurs. It gets that horse a-going. We need to get our horses going. Amen? So, Father, I pray that you would stir our spirits up, that you would build us up, Lord God, that you would strengthen us for what's coming, that we would not have to be afraid, that we would not have to, Lord God, bow to man, but to you, Lord God. Even the angels say, don't bow to me, but bow to God. Lord Jesus, Lord, and I pray this, Lord God, for us, that we would stand our ground, be faithful and strong, and Lord God, and I pray this for each person here. I pray that we would bring healing, that we would bring the light, which is the truth, Lord God, into a dark world, and that we would not be afraid, but we would let our light shine in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.